following episode most likely contains graphic language, details of violence, and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 44 of Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with my mother. And today, for everybody who can't see us, we actually have our first guest. So this is Mark, everybody, and Mark runs the podcast Vancouver True Crime, right? All right. So we are so excited to have you here, Mark. And uh, we I I started out watching your stuff, listening to your stuff uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Like right when we first started is when I kind of got into it. And you have all the beats on the street for sure. Yeah. And the quickest yep news on everything and really informative stuff so we're excited to have you here and pick your brain a little bit thank you a pleasure being here it's i'm happy to be your guest and it's yeah it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride but it's uh there's more positive of doing it than not there's on the downside you get trolls of course yeah crappy comments and stuff like that and i do find sometimes i find like when i'm posting on instagram like Oh, this is going to get a flood of comments. Okay, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to pass on this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had a comment the other yeah. day. Mom was going through the YouTube comments, and yeah. I'm like, be careful, because it's someone was on one of our most brutal episodes. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, true crime is something that, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted. We like it because we mm-hmm. like to know how people's brains work and all this stuff and um, bring justice to the case of and course. kind of bring awareness. But somebody yeah, commented, like, I just didn't like the profanity, and it's like, oh. okay, well, we talked about the most horrific thing happening, yeah. and right. but You're we do have on, because we do swear quite a bit. We're, we do. We're well, just kind of off the cuff, and well, and when something like that happens, you know, it really gets you going. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> well, you can't make everyone happy, and then I try to use also my platform for advocacy as well. So, I, like, I give an example about not not making everyone happy, but having the right outcome. Uh, a uh, young girl sent me some pictures, really disturbing stuff, a very abusive guy. He's drinking. Uh, there's some videos of him peeing on her floor and then hitting her. And I posted it, and I and, and she wanted me to post it, but she wasn't really giving me the whole context mm. of it. And I felt it was important, so what I did is in the, I posted a lot of uh, resources for domestic violence, yeah. what to do, things like that. Well, it turned out, I got I got a lot of positive comments on it, but one woman, she just ran off. She goes, do better. You're just posting this for likes and this and that and yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But anyways, I ended up taking it down. But when I, after I took it down, someone wrote me and says, because of that video, that girl decided to press charges against that guy. And it was really a brutal video, and, and I'm glad he did. So that was the outcome I wanted. And Yeah. Um, we talk about that a lot, too, now that everything's being filmed in the world. You never yes. know where you are. You're probably being watched yes. for some, you know, like, so probably try to do better i mean at least people that are pieces of shit they (laughs) kind of think that you know like am i being filmed right now but and i think that when people are lost in um their terrible behavior and their criminal behavior they don't actually sometimes realize they're being filmed and what a valuable resource that we can stop some things and get people some help now that it's becoming um more the norm for people to seek help Mm -hmm. for people to get justice Sometimes, sometimes not. But um, it's so great that we do have all of this available to us to be yeah. able to 
And even your, your podcast, I mean, I have, or mm-hmm. your uh, Instagram, my yes. girlfriend, I have one girlfriend, she's not a true crime fan. She right. doesn't like true crime, but she follows you because she's in, wants to be in the, in the know, For right? Sure. You're very quick with your stuff. You know, something happens and I read it on mm-hmm. the news or, and I look and you have already posted it, you know, and it's good to just bring awareness because we like to really push for people to be safe and to be like, you know, keep your head on a swivel as what the people on my favorite podcast say. Right. So kind of just always make sure you're checking your surroundings, which obviously thank you for always bringing us that information. Well, this is the kind of the, the, the goal of it. One is to entertain, you know, some, sometimes I even post comical stuff, funny stuff, uh, awareness, some advocacy, and, and ultimately, you know, I'm a storyteller, tell stories about things that I feel that deserve more attention or, more awareness, right? So I try to balance all of that. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't make people happy and, you know, you keep doing what you're doing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's always good to make some people unhappy. I find that yes. you, uh, you get, you find out more when you do so. Yeah. So how did you um, get interested in what you're doing? It was kind of by accident, actually, believe it or not. So I wanted to do a podcast for a long time over 10 years and I was really busy in my uh, job I had worked in the corporate world um, I listened to a lot of stuff because I had long commutes sometimes I'd be at the office for a long time I'd listen to a lot of podcasts and I liked good stories I liked even conspiracy stuff even if it wasn't necessarily true but some sometimes are interesting because uh, they give you a different perception of how things are and sometimes there, there are packaged like 80% truth or 10%, mm-hmm. you know. We're creati- really seeing that yeah, right now. Creative, like <laughs> yeah, creative. creativity <laughs> add to it. So I, I didn't really want to put out stuff that I felt that was uh, untrue or can be disbunked later. And I have always liked uh, crime stories. And um, I originally started the page like really humble, like I, as I was saying, on mm-hmm. an iPhone 7. I made my first podcast on a voice memo. And it was just to get over it, to do it. I knew it wasn't going to be awesome. I knew, you know, it wasn't going to be a big thing overnight. And it really was just being consistent, doing it every day, and trying to feel like what I, what I felt there was uh, a lack of in the community for mm-hmm. as awareness, predators, uh, people being released of, you know, really dangerous charges yeah. in the yep. court. And, you know, the mainstream media uh in the past did a good job of that. And I feel mm-hmm. now they're, they're more interested in the bigger stories and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stories that fall through the cracks. And yeah. I felt like I fit a void for that. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, mm-hmm. You definitely did. And we know all about uh, the rough beginning <laughs> because, I mean, all our loyal loyal listeners know that the first five episodes of our podcast sound like they Shit. were filmed in a closet <laughs> because they were filmed in a closet. So the first 10 were probably pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, we have people, you know, they're like, oh, I want to listen to your podcast. Yeah. And then I have someone come back and be like, uh, I had to stop because I was listening to my <laughs> headphones and it like was hurting my ears or sounded like shit or whatever. But no, honestly, you have one of the pages that I probably check the most just to make sure that I'm in with it because there's things like we have covered a couple cases um what Jatin Patel I know I saw you post Jatin Patel um they were uh what episode was that do you remember I know that was a lot of people Jatin Patel was probably about our midway point yeah so that um, was the case of Tracy Tom the murder of Tracy Tom yeah so I know that they are free and in the community Jatin Patel and actually and is a Jatin Patel is actually trans at yes, this point a trans and, woman and yeah, that's a strange it's, it is very strange yeah yeah I remember that case because even during the t- 
time when it happened. I actually remember when it happened. I was living downtown. It was a really shocking case. Yeah. And the thing that I don't understand, and I'm maybe I have to do some research on this, I thought he was put away as a dangerous offender, and usually that means indefinite lockup. And Welcome now he's to out. Canada. And yeah. I think I think that they they only did five or seven years or something, something like that. And they and they was were released. well, and then they were there was all that stuff with the young girls, and yes, you know, yes. then going into his yeah. So he was in a yeah. halfway house after yeah, and then he had uh, young teenagers going in through the window. Yeah, and I remember so, that just the case off from my head just for the listeners that who uh, might not under, know about it. He was a crystal meth addict, and mm-hmm. he would target underage girls, 15, 16-year-olds. He groped some girl, woman in a safe yep. way, yep. right? And and then, but the most shocking was he picked up a woman that was transgender, took her back to a hotel in mm-hmm. North Vancouver, yep. high on crystal meth, and then mur- murdered her, and then left her body, like, in a shopping cart. In a shopping cart, yeah. rolled, wrapped, up, in the rolled up in the mattress cover yeah. with the name of the hotel on it. Wow. And he also had brought another prostitute right, back after, right, yeah. and she had helped him to uh, hide the body and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, that was that case was mind-blowing. And the yes. fact that, he, that they now... Like or transgender. His whole yeah. defense was based on the defense of um yeah. I didn't know I didn't oh, know I that Tracy was yeah, trans. Yeah. But now ironically, yeah. Jatin Patel, who goes under a different name, is now trans. Yeah. So clearly, I mean, I'm not excusing anything he no, did because there's no. no excuse for it, but clearly that's why it triggered him so badly. And that's sometimes what happens the most is you're triggered by the things that hit the closest to home. Well, and you think too, was there pre- more premeditation than originally, um, you know, just yeah. maybe he did or she did, or they, they did know that Tracy was transgender and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it was something that really struck a chord. And yeah, that one yeah. unfolded very strangely. It did, yeah, yeah. Did. With cases of that seriousness, though, I, I believe the system, the authorities, whoever you want to call them, deserve to give the public a better explanation mm-hmm. of why they're being released, especially like the, like, not doing a lot of time and for the level of, you know, potential danger he, he poses to the community. Yeah. Well, murder. Oh. And then you see, too, I know on your page also, mm-hmm. it's predators, sexual predators that get out early. And yes. I've seen it on your page where I'm like, okay, you know, there's a picture of this guy and what he looks like with five different oh, disguises yeah, yes. or his beard dye. There was that guy from, I think he's living in Abbotsford now. Yes. I'm not sure his name, but I see you know exactly who I'm talking about because... Really, it happens all the time where if you were to see that on the news, mm-hmm. you know, at least I mean, I'm not sure how many people watch the news these days. But even the fact that the news does not have something that's current, that's, you know, like a podcast yes. or like a Instagram or a TikTok or something where they can have information coming at you where you don't have to wait until six o'clock. And like I said, I don't even have cable. I don't right. know who pays to have cable these days. No, I don't. I don't either. Yeah. You know, so who's <laughs> watching the news? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, things like that. And we do talk about a lot um, of people that get out way before they are yeah, too supposed many. to. It's, it's kind of scary, actually. It really mm-hmm. is. Well, we always or joke. the people that got broken out, like the he's like one I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he'd be like the Pablo Escobar kind of really high profile gangster and. He got broken out of a maximum security with construction equipment. Like, oh. Yeah. Well, like, how does the, that happen? Even the bird flying the meth into oh, the, ba- yes, in the, the backpack. Oh, yes, the backpack pigeons. Yes. I know. Like, that's something. As soon as I on I'm not even kidding. I wake up, and I'm like, am I in the black mirror or the twilight zone? Like, sometimes <laughs> yeah. it, things don't make sense. Backpack That floating pigeons. crow. 
I don't know yes, if you posted yes. that one too. Yeah. Yes. I'm just trying to like, it's funny because there's so much stuff and I know every single thing I've seen that's like a current event has been from your page. Well, the news cycle is pretty like insane. Like in the summertime, I really noticed it. And, and in, in the beginning, I didn't really, I wasn't really planning on doing really a lot of current events, but sometimes you just go in there and I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. oh my God, I got to post that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even we ta- we've talked too about, obviously in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. people whose mental health maybe wasn't the greatest yes. before the pandemic, yes. even if it was, even if it was great, every single person has gone through something in the last three years that totally. has impacted their mental health. So I know that a lot of people, um, there's some crazy shit that's been oh, going on. Like, totally. that's an understatement. I know there's yes. always been crazy stuff yes. that's happened. But mm-hmm. I know even just locally, the amount of murders, yes. the amount of assaults, the amount of attacks. Random. And random stranger yes. assaults lately. That's scary. That's the one that scares me the most because, it, you know, generally, I was born and raised in Vancouver. And, you know, Vancouver was always a place, or Metro Vancouver, you know, Surrey, New West. Burnaby, if you want trouble, if you're looking for trouble, you're going to find it. Yeah, right? Exactly. You know, yeah. that, it's always been that way. But to think that you could just be walking on the sidewalk and some of the videos I've been, I've sent, like I don't post everything I get sent. Mm-hmm. God, I'd be take my thing, my platform would be taken out. Like <laughs> yeah. some of the yeah. stuff is pretty shocking. Like there was like around the summertime, there was all these bear springs, swarming mm-hmm. attacks, teenagers, and people were sending me all of them and they were like like this one kid on the ground they're always getting kicked in the head they're all bear spraying mm-hmm. them and that's new like that kind of level of violence for nonsense and they filmed themselves mm-hmm. yeah which is yes. crazy which, to me. which yes. is actually pretty stupid my 10 yes. year old yes. actually just filmed a fight at school which oh no the guy got him film this for me yeah. the first thing i said if there's yeah. something that's happening like that, yeah. the last thing you want to do, because he wasn't involved in it. You you're know, guilty by was, association. Exactly. And mm-hmm. then I said that to him. You know, you're a good kid, but it's things like that that happen mm-hmm. where you get lumped in with kids. It's just filming. Yes, like, don't yes. film yourself doing... Uh, these days, everyone's filming everything, yes, right? Yes, like, yeah. we covered. It's like yeah. everything is on camera. So whether it's you filming it, the car beside you filming it, the stoplight that's filming yeah. it, there's cameras everywhere. So uh, there's been some things like just random attacks like that DoorDash driver. Oh, I know. That was yeah. just came here, I think. He was a refugee. Stabbed, yeah. stabbed or hit in the head with something or, you know, people are being lit on fire or oh. people are being... And it's, and on tra- on uh, often on transit also mm-hmm. and it's you know yeah. some little lady or some mm-hmm. vulnerable person that's all of a sudden just sucker punched right in the face for no yeah, reason. The level yeah. of violence is scary and and there what you you touched on it. There's a mental health component, mm-hmm. uh, substance abuse, yeah. and then you know acting out violently. You, you have people like using hard drugs. They should be in a facility for mm-hmm. mental health, and there's like running amok literally. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but I recently went downtown, and I—I I mean, as in my younger mm-hmm. years, I was down there a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, I went for an appointment, and driving down East Hastings has always been—it's yeah. always been, oh, you know, it's kind of normalized to us because we live here, yeah. right? But I was so taken back at what I was seeing because mm-hmm. usually it would be if we go in the night, you know, we're uh, going downtown we're going to the club we're going somewhere mm-hmm. you know everyone kind of comes alive at night sure. but right now i was down there at nine o'clock in the morning and it is Hopping like a out. saturday night yeah. wow. it is the ten the ten fire wow. that just happened yeah it's, all the explosions it's you know it's really sad because we touch a lot on trauma mm-hmm. and obviously um you know the the root 
problem is never the addiction. No. The root tr the root problem is always trauma. the trauma, yes. and the addiction comes from the lack of resources and that we are exactly yeah. coping. And majority of the people that are down there have experienced some sort of horrible trauma. Mm, no, absolutely right. So, just the trying to make it, you know, obviously safe. I have a safe. lot of followers who live in the downtown east side. They live in um, Gastown and Yaletown, that surrounding area, and majority of them are terrified. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. I can't, yeah. Even walking, I no. was parked in an underground. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, being vigilant for your own protection. Like, okay, who's in the underground? There's yes. parts of parts of Vancouver that are not, by any means, were never dangerous before. No. Are now, you know, you have to really watch yeah, yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even myself, I had bizarre situations that I never thought I would ever have in my life. So this was around September, and it stopped now. Every time I take my kids to the park, there was like skinny hundred pound black ninjas at the <laughs> at the park with their man bags. Oh, right? and look really menacing and stuff like that, and coming a little bit too close, and, and a couple times even saying stuff to me. So like they're trying to have a mm -hmm. confrontation, right? So I'm thinking like, oh my god, like like it's hitting close to home. <laughs> Might right? have to yeah. fight this ninja at the park. Oh, I right know. Now. And, and then it's like a hundred pound kid. Yeah, he has bear spray. I don't want to get bear spray. No, but yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to put a hundred pound fourteen year old kid in the hospital. You know, no, like. Yeah. It, but if you bear spray me, that will happen. <laughs> yeah. I had know? a house party when I was fourteen, and mm -hmm. my mom came home, mm -hmm. and she got bear sprayed oh by a skinny God. fourteen year old kid. Oh yeah. My, oh, that's horrible. But it's like that was rare. You didn't yeah. hear about that happening a lot. And then I swear it's really picked up because but them actively looking for a situation oh, yeah. and, you know and i'm pretty measured and there's a lot of crazier people than me so i'm thinking but I, but it seemed to have stopped <laughs> but you know you're looking for that kind of trouble and you're going to go out there with a canister of bear spray it's, yeah. you don't know what you're walking or into it's yeah. kind of dangerous on their part too. exactly well and they're always quick to draw you know yes, like yeah, it's and yeah. they're usually it's well the funny thing is they actually most of the time they bear spray themselves also yeah. so yeah, the back spray. <laughs> exactly so there's some other cases too, I know that uh, I'm sure you're familiar with them. We always, uh, our first probably 25 episodes, mm -hmm. we would kind of do a, uh, try to update people, but the Trina Hunt case. Yeah, I, um, that case really baffles me. I, mm -hmm. I heard a rumor, maybe you can confirm it. I heard they're gonna be on Dateline. I, I, saw oh. on Dateline. I don't know, maybe wow. that was a rumor, I don't know. But that would be, be good. I hope that, that rumor's would be true. excellent. Yeah. Because I worked on the Lindsay Buziak case mm. and I talked to the dad periodically and that was a real game changer when, when they got American big yes. time, yeah. you know, thirty million views, you know, for each show. That, that, that was a game changer, but that case is still unsolved, too. And we so. would really like to, actually, because we're going to yeah. dive into an unsolved case, and Lindsay Buziak is probably on the top of my list. But Trina Hunt, that's a, that's a baffling case, and everyone's obviously pointing the finger at the husband, mm -hmm. and they arrested him and then let him go. Yeah. It just I that, That's the difference. You know, I have dual American citizenship. Uh, the difference in the states and in Canada, you can follow the case, and they they do update the public. Like for example, yeah. those Idaho college yep. murders. You yeah. know yeah. everything about. It. I know the inside. Yeah. I've seen oh, I've yeah. seen 3D renderings yeah. of yeah. it. I've seen I know their evidence, the DNA on the knife sheet. Exactly. Like, you know you know everything about the case. But then something local, it just goes into a black hole mm -hmm. under investigation. Maybe publication well, even, ban. Naomi even when Anatara there's yeah, yeah, even when yeah. there's stuff that's like 
you know, comes out when you hear something like with, with the Naomi Onoteric case, yeah, we had someone, a source that was kind of on the inside who was mm -hmm. kind of leaking a little bit of stuff to us. Mm -hmm. And they had like mad evidence right yeah. from the beginning. And it took them such a long time to even make an arrest. Wow. Our justice system here is so yeah. much more um, slow and cautious compared to the States. Oh, totally. And um, I, I'll give you an example. So I, when I first started the podcast, I started a, an Excel spreadsheet of all the unsolved homicides starting about 2009 to about 2020, I got about 550, most about 80% of them are gang related. I just stopped losing count of them Yeah. to stop keeping track. It just, it just seems like it's just, and then the another rash of shootings since then too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it just unsolved. unsolved Those ones I did. It, I mean, I don't know because I'm not there, but it seems like unless they catch someone fleeing yes. from the scene, yeah. mm -hmm. those ones are, Majority of the time unsolved. Yeah, majority of the time. Yeah, and they burn their vehicle. Yeah, and exactly. It's difficult, it's difficult to solve a homicide when it's, sometimes too, like I interview my friend David on the podcast all the time, the ex-hitman, he says they'll bring outside help. Like they'll bring yeah. their yeah. crew from Canada, they'll bring someone from the States to mm -hmm. do the shooting and things like that. And right? most so of the time, They're yeah. in and they're gone. Exactly, and yeah. it's not the person that actually ordered the killing, mm -hmm. it's somebody, because it, I know um, a very high-profile case actually grew up with the guy who was, was killed, um, by the gas station over uh, in Clayton Heights. Oh wow! So I grew up with him. He's been he was a menace to me for my whole your life. Bully, basically. He was, yeah. Wow. But they caught the people that did that. But mm -hmm. I know that those people exactly. They were. It was pretty fast, but they mm -hmm. were obviously brought in. You know, wow. they weren't familiar to anybody around here. It wow. was very. But the person that actually did and ordered that. Mm -hmm. Where's the justice for that? Yeah, like yeah. that person. It's probably they was, but it was the middle of the day, broad mm -hmm. daylight. Yeah. They ran right across the street from Save On Foods to that gas so station, shot him, and like, yeah, just busy street, man. You're not gonna be able to get back. No, he almost <laughs> got hit by a car. Yeah. I don't know if you. I think you posted that as well. The right. the surveillance video of him of the shooter running across the street and then running back and oh, almost getting hit right. by that yes, car. Yeah. Yeah. But Crazy. yeah, that's the thing. And uh, unless, like you said, unless they're caught in the moment, right, red-handed, yeah. usually they're masked up, they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're going into neighborhoods, they're going into places that people should feel safe. Yeah. And, you know, people's homes, people's workplaces, the I mean, middle of the gas station, yeah. you know, there you never know. So... I'm mm -hmm. actually surprised that uh, with all the gang stuff that's happened mm -hmm. around here that we haven't had more innister, innocent bystanders mm -hmm. hit. Yeah, I know. It's been a miracle, actually. Yeah. So. Well, there was that one, actually, um, right in Langley, well, Walnut Grove, the, the boy, oh, the yeah. young boy who was killed, and there was a bystander that yeah. was oh, hit. Oh, right. I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, because there, I, I mean, for me, I'm sure you as well, when yeah. you know something like that and mm -hmm. you know all these unsolved cases, you go and you periodically, you check, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to type in this person's name and just see, has there been any movement? Updates, yeah. Is there any updates? And for the most part, when it comes to those kinds of cases, there's not. No, there's not. So. Like that one uh, stands out to me, the one in Whistler. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I love it when people send me stuff. But in this case, it's like I check my uh, DM and I'm like, oh, my God. I got 20 people sending me the headshot yeah. of the gangster on the ground bleeding. Mm -hmm. uh. I didn't post it. I'm just like. Oh, you know what I mean? Seeing it, they, I felt <laughs> traumatized. But imagine that you're you're booking yourself in for a nice vacation at Whistler, and then 
oh, some shot. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 affected all of Metro Vancouver and it's mm-hmm. the random nature of it is something new and it can happen anytime, daylight, nighttime. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's a definite feeling of uh, the city not feeling safe because you know, taking all these factors we're talking about, the randomness, the teen violence, the gang stuff, uh, drugs, break-ins and murders. Yeah, murders. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yep. So it, it's frustrating. I, I talk with a lot of families that are victims mm-hmm. of their sons or daughters or relatives or loved ones they they tend to have frustration with the system mm-hmm. of you course know, yeah how mo- slow it moves like you said oh we, we gave them this evidence we gave them that evidence they don't tend to okay yeah no we don't need that like the one in toronto i worked on with the family you know there's there's so much about that case that I felt it needed to be taken seriously. Like this woman, she falls from a this high Ezra? rise. Yes. Yeah. Peep, there's a guy shouting her name, right? That mm-hmm. means she wasn't alone. Oh, we yeah. don't need to investigate. Or cell phone stolen. Oh, well. Well, Chelsea know. Portman. Yes. You know, yes. how can yeah. somebody be? It's just different cases where it, there's no way that yeah. these cases have been, they're just. You know, yeah, kind her of, head's missing. Still. And yeah. like, she's not, yeah. it's not suspicious. I, I, that to me is just like that's baffling. Well, that was a, in my opinion a misstep. I, th- you know, I guess they were trying to calm the public, but yeah. instead they no. got the public pretty worked up for my, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, that again, that case is you know baffling. A young girl goes missing. Twenty, she was twenty-two. Yeah, mm-hmm. from goes a busy from Granville Street. Granville Street. Like, yeah, found in a mansion. Her head missing. Her yeah. skeleton was waiting, and people were working on that house. The house was under renovation. And so her skeletal remains were on the patio. And, and from my understanding, from the contractors that were working on the house for, for the last year, they said they walked by that patio every day. So he said, from my understanding, that it was, her remains were like on a blanket on the patio, kind of rolled up in a blanket. And they would have saw that, a skeleton sticking out of a blanket yeah. on a house you're working on. And she on. didn't wrap herself in a blanket, no, you know, missing. exactly. Yeah. And, and another thing is that um, after she was found, mm-hmm. the police left all of her belongings there yes. and yeah. their gloves everywhere. And like, that's so disrespectful, no matter, no yeah. matter what, like, this is evidence. You've just left it there. This just says, I don't give a shit when you've left all of the stuff here. Well, and it's familiar because if you know anything about anything, the Picton case, you yes. know, there was people saying my family member is missing. This is not like her. Oh, well, she's a drug addict. Mm-hmm. She's indigenous. Mm-hmm. She's a prostitute. She's a prostitute. Sex worker. And oh, probably, you know, it was just dismissed. It was mm-hmm. so dismissive, which you would think because of their history mm-hmm. that they would really do their due diligence, especially especially the VPD, because they are really under a spotlight, especially now. It's 2023. Everyone's filming everything. Everyone's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, uh, they are probably going to come out in a couple years and say, oh, there was a serial killer. That's what I that's what I I mean. Right now, the way that it stands right now with all of the missing, murdered um, indigenous women and two spirited people that are happening around Again, it's like a deja vu almost. Yeah. Like it's it all coming totally. back. No, totally. And and I, you know, I feel there's a couple things going on. There's um, it, it's sort of things that that overlap each other. There's uh, people that are kind of like opportunists, right? They're maybe they find themselves alone with a woman. They're both doing drugs. Uh, maybe she overdoses, and and 
he, uh, you know, he, t- he takes advantage of that situation. Mm-hmm. So he's not an active looking predator, just a predator that looks for opportunities where, yeah. where what I think is more scarier is more like almost like a dark tourism, like for example, the Highway of Tears. Yeah. The the amount of murders that have happened from the 60s to present day, it's obviously it's not one person, yeah. right? And so I feel that sometimes these are kind of almost destinations for creeps, predators yeah. to apply their things. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. And who knows, maybe, they, you know, they might have a network where they talk to some that might work with people, some might more solo. Yeah. But it becomes a known place, like, like, like anywhere. Like, hey, if you want to get away with abduction and killing people, oh, go to the highway yeah, tiers. Go exactly. up there. You know, like. We covered one uh, we've covered one person that was a predator up there, mm-hmm. Cody Legibokov. Yes, yes, So we've monster. covered that one. Yeah, yeah. Monster. monster. Um, and we would like to cover all of them, but there has been so many, and a lot of them are unsolved. There's yes. a couple faces that they have put to a couple of the victims, but there's not, I mean, there's... Well, every time you go to do start the research, and, you know, I really need to sit down and delve into it, because mm-hmm. every time I start the research... It's hard to find a starting point and it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint. They do have, I think, six people that have been prosecuted mm-hmm. or linked mm-hmm. to different crimes there. Yeah. However, it's so vast and there are so many once you start unraveling it, there's so many um there's so families many. <laughs> of, yeah. of missing and murdered indigenous women yeah, that I think lots, I yeah. want to pay justice to each and every person that I'm um, talking about and their murders and the things that, you know, their the lives that they led before and, mm-hmm. you know, all of the good things about them. And then I start delving into it and it's like, and then there's another this person and there's another this person. And yeah. the fact that that has gone on for such a long time, there are actual like, I don't know if you guys have driven up there, but the there's signs all yeah. along yeah. Yeah. the billboards, which is great. And I'm sure that that wasn't even paid for by the police. I'm sure it's been paid yeah, for public, by the women, uh, yeah. uh, the women's families, yeah. right? Because the police are not doing their jobs of keeping these women safe and these people safe. And I mean, I obviously don't like to, you know, we don't like to say that the police aren't doing mm-hmm. anything, but really what it seems like is it's it's not, there's not a lot of movement. See, I think it comes in like, uh, the way I look at it is this, is like the way that our police are structured, Canada almost needs like um like an FBI type of bureau mm-hmm. that just focuses only on like major crimes, of mm-hmm. murder, abduction. And I know the RCMP do that, but it's almost like they need a separate bureau yeah. that just focus on these forensic cold cases, these cases that, you know, they, they, they span a long time and they, and they probably do take a lot of resources from the police because of the amount of time. And the, like, I remember like they did the, what was it? The, the E-Pana, the, yeah. right. It was like, th- $35 million? Yeah. But what was the outcome? And then you know? also in EPANA, they had so many restrictions on mm-hmm. who basically qualified to right. be in yes. EPANA. Like, yes. Yes. they had so many different um, qualifications yeah. that it was, it barely even grazed, like, I think it was 14 people or something that qualified with, um, that was with mm-hmm. the victims. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. So you many. see them spend a lot of money on these cases. Like, even when Trudeau came into power, the Truth and Recreation. Uh, Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, it's nice words. It is, right? And they spend money on it, and they cut ribbons and things like that. But, oh, more women are going missing. Yeah. More women are missing. You know, the Winnipeg case, which yep. you guys want to talk about, too. Yep. Horrendous. Again, this guy was a straight-out serial killer yeah. monster yeah. out in the open. Yep. Um, 
bring it back to the downtown east side though like where we're talking about these missing indigenous women and there was a, a, a noello soup one yep that one is I've, I've, that's a case where I've, I'll read it. I'll do the research and I'll just be sit there just like, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I can't believe what I read. Well, and the fact, cause we have also talked about that. Yeah. Um, just like I said, we, we do a lot of, tr- uh, like current events and that when I read that and I started to see, because you know, you see the missing on your page, yeah. you see her missing poster and I'm, oh, you know, that's sad. And 14 oh, she's years so old. young and. You know, and then you see, you know, months later mm-hmm. that she, months like this was months that she had been deceased in this SRO mm-hmm. with another person, also deceased, mm-hmm. not found. It's like it's the, the the due diligence of you have to get someone to go in there, mm-hmm. and obviously the predator, the predator that that I'm sure I don't know if obviously there's a lot of gray area, yeah. but but it's all kind of like it's all kind of buried. Like when stuff mm-hmm. comes out, I find. Well, it's what's like, creepy about that one? Her body was found. She was there for dead. Yeah, on the, on the couch for a month, in the apartment of a known predator. Yeah. who you know I've got sources uh, who also told me privately he he attacked their uh, family members too, and the Canada. Border Protection Service wanted to deport him because of the pandemic. Uh, Vietnam wouldn't accept him. And and they basically had no choice but release him, but with no public warning. Which and this guy was a known for drugging women, sexually assaulting them. And obviously something happened where a young girl ended up dead on his couch and they didn't find her for a month. Yeah. yeah. And there was another body there yeah. too. And there was and, a and smell the whole and then time. And he died, exactly. Right? And so, like, how, how did he st- die? Well, probably, probably overdose. Probably, yeah. yeah, I mean the drugs are very unsafe downtown or all over. That you know you hear yeah. of people recreationally using drugs very seldomly, and they pass away because the drug supply. Our borders have been closed for mm-hmm. almost. They were closed for two years. Mm-hmm. Nothing is coming in. So the stuff that the people are doing has been stomped on, and yeah. you know added this, that, and it's this. stomped on by the time it even comes to the the first oh, people. Exactly. This and a lot of times the mail too. Yes, exactly. A lot of times I was from one source. They ordered like you know like precursor chemicals and stuff off the dark web mm-hmm. and they just basically are making these poisonous concoctions yeah. and stuff they can order over the internet exactly it's all about making money it's mm-hmm. yeah the safe supply thing is it's uh it's an interesting topic because on one side you have super highly lethal drugs that are beyond lethal like mm-hmm. even someone doing it once or yeah. getting a, a pill that's counterfeit that they think they're taking a tylenol 3 or xanax but mm-hmm. in, in reality they're taking a counterfeit fentanyl pill and so a lot of people have died from these these tainted drugs, and then you then you then you have the source where it's like okay, but how do you manage them off the drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And so are we just perpetually going to keep them on drugs? How's that going to work for them integrating with society? I don't see that happening. So there's a lot of like noise on both sides of the mm-hmm. argument. Some people just don't are not for it at all. Some people think that you know they should facilitate them with clean drugs mm-hmm. as a way of kind of triaging so they can get over the overdose curve. So they cannot die before they get a chance yes. to get over the... Well, that was like the safe injection sites too. Yeah. I know a lot of people, uh, you don't want to find needles at the park, mm-hmm. but then on the other side of that, people are having problems with these safe injection sites. Mm-hmm. But I mean, really, until they get to the root cause of all these problems, which mm-hmm. it's so overwhelming trauma. down there right now, trauma, surprise, yeah. surprise. Fires burning all around exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Fires and explosions. Was that mm-hmm. explosion that happened the other day all that shut down tanks. town? Yeah. yeah. 
And yeah, that other one too. That was a strange one. That was like a gas leak. I don't know. The Vancouver is like falling apart. All these yeah. random fires. <laughs> it is fires. I feel like the world is just getting more and more expensive and yeah. <laughs> burning. Well, yeah. apparently the aliens are supposed to come tomorrow. Oh, the mothership. Yeah, yes. I've been joking about that too. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't worry. The mothership's going to save us. Yeah, right? they're supposed to come and take us out tomorrow anyway. So what's that? Have you heard about that? It's no. um, a guy on TikTok is a time traveler. And he said tomorrow, March 23rd. Oh. Um, or maybe is it March 23rd? today no it's the 22nd <laughs> okay, good. I'm, like, oh my God, I'm just wondering if I should go to work then like yeah. or should I just stay home and do well, stuff we're I supposed like to, to all do. get wiped out I think there's about 9,000 of us that will make it out that's what he said so but I mean but I wouldn't even be fucking surprised if a spaceship <laughs> oh, came I wouldn't down either. right I wouldn't now either. Like, oh, of course yeah a spaceship cool. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there it is again that spaceship yeah. that's just it I mean we're pretty I mean, I have some beliefs in that, and some people think I'm crazy, but like no, we're yeah. we're pretty uh, pompous and arrogant if we think we're the only ones that ever existed. Well, the best sure. was mid-pandemic. Everyone's yeah. super, super, super like wrapped up with the with Corona and oh, all this yeah. stuff, and then they're like, "By the way, aliens are real. We found spaceships." <laughs> and and oh, they're yeah, like, the, "What? Yeah. You know, nobody." I'm like, "Did you guys hear that they actually announced that they have spacecrafts that are not from this?" And people are like, "What? Mm -hmm. Did you see the numbers today?" And you're like, "Oh fuck, never mind." You know, so. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, but there was that in famous the, uh, the Nivets, the um, the fighter pilot, the F eighteen fighter mm -hmm. pilot, where he gets intercepted. And the videos on it, and, and he's you know very articulate. I listen to interviews, he very breaks it down. The thing that had the ability to jam his radar, and and he said that they couldn't see them until they upgraded their new uh, radar sonar system, and they all of a sudden they appeared on the. That's well, fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't the, care even if they kill us. Like if I could see something cool first. Then. Yeah, no. Again, it's just like. And then no one really reacts to it. Like 10 years ago, aliens, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. I literally yeah. had was talking to my girlfriend and mm -hmm. she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, they announced that they have spacecrafts yeah. that are not for, but of course, like if we are here, we don't know. We've what? We've what, went to the moon and I think we went to Mars one time. Yes. <laughs> like, or we sent a rover to Mars. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it's like, what? Uh, there's something else out there. But so we'll find out tomorrow if, if this episode doesn't air. I think then. we've been like so traumatized as a collective society with the pandemic, <laughs> yep. uh, wars, and you know, China, Russia. So we, I think we've become more number. And I think that's also creating more underlying mental illness. Yeah, I think 100%. society itself is so complex. And there's a book that's really good. It's called The Tribe. I talked a little bit on my podcast, and it talks about uh, when back in the colonial wars, when Europeans would actually get captured by indigenous tribes, a lot of them, they wouldn't want to go back oh. because they actually felt like, okay, we're all part of a community. We all <laughs> hunt. We share everything together. And they actually had more leisure time. They They would generally spend about 12 hours a week hunting, gathering, and the rest of the week was more leisure. So they actually, they felt they had a better life. And, and the, during that time, none of the natives that were captured ever wanted to uh, stay. stay. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, and isn't it ironic that, mm -hmm. that that's what ended up happening? You know, like it should sure. have gone the other way. That yeah. would have been a more beautiful oh, outcome. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But I think as time moved on, we're, we're closer together. Our populations are more dense. We have to integrate with different people, different cultures, perspectives. So we're, we're bombarded with a lot of information. Society's yeah. a lot more complex, expensive. You have kids, that's complex. And oh, yeah. you know, just even if, you know, just navigating daily life can be a challenge. So yeah. for someone who's traumatized, been in a very abusive relationship, 
or parenting or drugs and alcohol, it, everything will compound very quickly. Oh, yeah. And then you get in over your head. Now you can't pay your rent. And, oh, my God, now I'm on the street. Exactly. It, and you, sl- you can slide fast. And now add yeah. to the fact that everything has gotten so expensive. Like, yes, that is yes. mind-blowing. Yeah. Oh, the rents are insane. It's like, crazy. Been, like, uh, $700 to share a room with some yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, not even a full size. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a, not even a cot. It's, like, a mattress. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. That's really gross. There's a lot of that stuff going on. And, it, I mean, even the gas prices, you know, the gas prices. Groceries. And, and, and yeah. the gro- groceries is a whole other thing. You know, I there's I had maybe six things in my cart today, and I spent $100. Wow. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, no definitely there's like a, like a creeping up factor. Yeah. So you can see that now it's causing tro- shoplifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll start seeing stores close down because they're getting shoplifted so much. And um, they're they're shutting down some Walmarts and some yeah. because people come in with big carts. And yeah. T- if I work there, I'm not going to get into a huge fist fight over with someone over no over Tampons. groceries. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but that's what it's come down to. Like yeah. some people yeah. can't even afford. A lot of people can't afford the necessities now. No, I caught a young girl. Uh, I live in a coach house because mm-hmm. that's all I can afford for fifteen hundred dollars yeah. a month. Um, and there was a young girl robbing the garage underneath my house oh when my I God. came outside at uh, 4.30 in the morning. Wow. To walk and her big dog. I have a big German Shepherd. Oh, good for you. And so I was, I just looked at her and like, I guess I'm a little numb because I just said to her, mm-hmm. what are you doing? She mm-hmm. goes, if I'm honest, I'm stealing stuff. And I go, well, what are you stealing? And I went mm-hmm. through all the stuff she was stealing and I'm mm-hmm. like, where did you get this yeah. cider? And she says, I got it from the neighbor's garage. And I'm like, well, oh I'll just God. keep it. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> whatever. Jacket back and but keep instead of I, I didn't even bother calling the police. She came from a trauma. Right. I took her for a walk and uh-huh. gave her a lecture well, because it's. You. And you know, like someone said to me, "Well, why didn't you invite her to live with you?" Like they're making fun of me for being so compassionate. But I'm like, this was a 17 year old girl who's living in a trap house with five oh guys. God. And in Clayton Heights. Oh my God. And yeah. so I'm, I, I was just trying to get through to her on a different level that maybe would speak to her. Yeah, sure, some empathy. Yeah. yeah. And just, and just, I was actually, and days. I was also very, very uh, blunt with her. Mm-hmm. And I told her, you know, like, yeah, yeah, tough love. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure she was just like, what the fuck is this lady? She was high as a kite. And (laughs) I take her for a walk, you know, with my German Shepherd and don't move. He'll bite you. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. Like, this kind of thing is just becoming so rampant now because we can't afford all of it. But even to segue, I mean, that girl, there's so many people like her right Mm -hmm. now that are just you know, they're very, that part of society is very fragile. You know, they have the trauma, they have, everyone, we all have trauma, Mm -hmm. but the, the fact that people are going and they're predatory, like they're choosing these people like that, like Jeremy Skabicki, which I don't even, I hate even to like bring attention to his name, but, but a lot of people, again, Mm -hmm. if you don't keep up with that, did anybody see that on the news? Did anybody see, except for the hashtag, search the landfill, right, which right. for people who are not aware, mm-hmm. it, he is someone who is now caught to be, Mark kind of touched on it earlier, a serial killer oh, who is targeting yeah. indigenous women. Yeah, he's a straight up serial killer. Oh, yeah. And he was going to the shelters mm-hmm. um, to meet people. And he was doing that for years and years. Yeah. And if that is not strategically picking your victims, yeah. I don't know what is. Well, the, the wish that the uh, charity and advocacy work for women on the downtown east side, they came out with a, uh, a statement. This was around, I'd say, 
uh, just at the end of summer, and they said it's the worst that they ever seen. Cause they work with a lot of sex workers, the worst they've ever seen for predators, uh, drug facilitated rape. So monsters are going down there and target them. Absolutely. Like, and, and, and this is what I'm saying too. I, I do believe the environment that we're, uh, we have does attract these yeah. types of scumbags cause they can get away with it. And there's just too many vulnerable people mm -hmm. that, uh, and predators that's, that's like blood in the water for them. Yeah. And it's like shopping. You yeah. can just go down. Oh, and, totally. Yeah, it's horrible. Like remember the old case? I don't know if you the, the boozing barber. Yes. Yep. Um. Actually, one of my coworkers' moms was killed by him. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. But, but he he's a classic case. But instead of booze, they use coke or fentanyl or yeah. something else, right? They exactly. use something to lure them. In, yeah. in his case, it was alcohol. That he and he was one of the most prolific serial oh, killers he was. ever. But remember how long he went without being caught? Yes. Like remember it was oh that you know this person died of alcohol, alcohol or oh this mm -hmm. person had an overdose. And or, a lot of people don't even know about it. No, that's, like, the, that's thing. the thing here. It's exactly. Like everything. The fact that I mean you could say probably any <laughs> killer name and we'll uh, be like oh yeah. yeah we know that we know every specific and he had a long reign too uh, probably started in the 60s mm -hmm. all the way to to 2000s yeah late 90s he moved, 90s, to, he right? moved to uh yeah. went uh winnipeg and saskatchewan he was still yeah. their soul he was still targeting women there well and you if know? you look even i mean i think they're a little better mm -hmm. at it now but i mean we touched on the clifford clifford olsen oh, yeah, case and sure. just the fact like you know he could kill someone in surrey and then mm -hmm. go kill someone in burnaby mm -hmm. and then kill someone in coquitlam mm -hmm. and the police were not putting them together no obviously that was in the 80s but yeah. i mean the fact that this person the boozing barber was going mm -hmm. province to province so yeah. if you think you're going to get away with it from city to city imagine province to province yes. you know by the time the yeah. heat kind of comes down on you mm -hmm. you're in alberta or you're somewhere else For right sure. yeah back to clifford olson though a lot of people don't know that. i didn't i didn't actually know this about clifford olson until i did the research on it but he he abused people Across Canada, all oh, in yeah. Newfoundland, yep. like even in as far as Newfoundland, all the way to probably Vancouver Island. So yep. he was so prolific. Yeah, he was but a real I feel monster. like when that is something, when you are a prolific offender, mm -hmm. you can't not offend. No. So the He's fact like a that exactly, like, yeah. so the fact that they are released mm -hmm. because let's say good behavior, or you know they're released. I was reading something that during the pandemic they mm -hmm. were because of the outbreaks in the jail of yeah. COVID. They were going to re release Gary Ridgway. Oh my God! Yeah, oh. because he's a, like taught one of the worst serial killers yeah. in, in the United States. He, totally. they so seventy-two murders is what he's claimed, but I'm sure there's more. The other research I do, I, I research a lot on the dark psychology, and it's going for what you're saying is that they can't stop, and and I'm not so in my podcast. I'm not really so interested in you know, the the guts, the gore, mm -hmm. association. But I mean, I'm interested in the kind of the mindset of the yes, serial killer, the that. predator. And that's, what, that's like us, yeah. And and the more you research them, it's just like it's, it's like the behavior is so ingrained. It's yeah. just like they can, they can't stop. But the other thing is is that they're usually, especially if they're on the narcissistic scale, if they're more on the sociopathic scale, like Jeffrey Dahmer, they're not really charismatic and mm -hmm. charming. But like Ted Bundy or Paul yeah. Bernardo, on the other hand. They can be incredibly charming individuals. They know how to blend in. They can, uh, they're good talkers. And, and they also have uh, higher than average intelligence to manipulate the system. Clifford Olson was the same way. He, mm -hmm. would, he was a police informant, so he'd give them about B&Es and break and entry yep. and what this guy is doing. And he actually helped um, them catch uh, a child murderer of a nine-year-old. And he was one of the people that played an informant. And his testimony got that guy 
uh, arrested longer. He was already in jail. He was a jail informant. But then because of that, he got released. Yeah. Right. Which, so they know how to play the system. And, and the funny yeah. thing about, well, not funny, but the thing about that too was mm-hmm. then he took what that guy had told him and he started leading, leaving bodies in the same spot. Wow. Up yeah. by Weaver Lake. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he yeah. took a lot from that, actually. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing we, yeah, they're all disgusting. Yeah, they are. They're monsters. They really are. And that's it, right? I mean, I think because our brains, they don't work like that, even if we wanted them to, you know, everything's on a spectrum. Like there are people that are narcissistic or even psychopathic and they're, they're not killers, but they join a, uh, you know, join a, uh, the army or become like a special forces or they, um, maybe join a biker club. Right. But, But then there's people that are like, so like on the spectrum that they 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 can't stop yeah like you know they're or you know especially with narcissists there's not all narcissists are capable of being what paul bernardo have but they can be highly irritating Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it it all comes inspections but when you deal with these really extreme spectrums like the paul bernardo and clifford olson things like that once they're identified as a dangerous monster they have to be taken out because they yeah. will not stop killing exactly and they usually get more grandiose yep. and yep. more uh savage. ted bundy yep. ted bundy is like prime example well yes. he jumped out of a window with you know in custody in, in the from the library and and escaped and was gone but i have a question for you mark sure do you believe in nature or nurture Meaning as far as what What creates, creates. I think it's a combination of two. I think there's genetic proponents, obviously, and and I think environment Mm -hmm. has a huge role in it. You know, some you you get you get kids in the same environment. Like I'll give you an example. Like I grew up um, with the family of Terry Driver, you know, Mm -hmm. Abbotsford, and I went to school with one of the kids. He was a cool kid. He was never in trouble. Same environment. You know, probably stole a cool guy. You know that brother was the only one that did all that stuff. So same environment, but yeah, you know, yeah, and he was you know. he was, he was disturbed always, right from the yeah. right exactly. from the beginning. I remember yeah. as a kid, he was a little bit off. I remember my older brother; they didn't like him. It was kind of like they were an East fan. The worst thing to be called is uh, goof. A goof, yeah. yeah. Goof, like, yeah. Means like yeah, untouchable yeah. Yeah. persona non grata, right? Oh yeah. Um, he. I remember he used to always like buy like. Uh, old police cars they unlock yep, police yeah that's cars. what we always talk about yeah and yep. he'd drive around and once we were kids and we had a six pack of beer he tried to take and he's face like <laughs> faking a badge at us but we knew who he was so we just told him to f off but he was always odd i remember he had the police scanners all the time but that's a thing yeah. too because if you look at a lot of the big name yeah. serial killers those people a lot of them have been in the army like yes. you kind of touched on mm-hmm. and they all had some kind of like brian Kro- uh, koberger mm-hmm. the guy right now um, they wanted to be part of the police force. They right, yeah. they want to be in Ed Kemper. Remember, mm-hmm. have he a, was too tall to be yeah. in with that. But it's it's and they, they all, all have yeah like the the narcissistic superiority yeah. air about them. Yes, they, they're attracted to powerful positions yeah. or positions that they can have authority. Absolutely, yeah. and they will abuse that totally. Oh yeah, exactly. So so when you are talking to people's families, um, I haven't talked to the family of any of the victims yet. Um, are they, is it easy to talk to them about what they're going through at the time? I know that they're asking for you to bring awareness to their loved one's case, but how do you feel when you're talking to someone that's actually has a loved one that has been victimized? Well, it's a tightrope, right? Because there's a lot of emotions. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, what, I think what helps in my case is that my wife passed her away from kind of a tragic way too. So I ha- I can bring in that empathy. I understand yeah. sudden loss, tragedy. 
And and so I bring that to the table, the, like understanding I truly can understand what they're going through because, you know, you're someone's with you one minute and they're not there the next day. Yeah. And and but at the same time, I, I, I would never understand what it's like for your family to be taken on such a monstrous or violent way. And and so I try to provide as much emphasis as possible. First, my goal is just really try to listen to them and really what they want. Yeah. Sometimes I just want someone to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sometimes it takes a while for them to, um, you know, to be more cooperative or or to, or to want to talk about their kids because you know they get bombarded and they of go course. they go through different different emotions mm-hmm. and spectrums, right? So I generally what I do is I leave the door open. I never put pressure on them to talk. And, and if I'm going to do a podcast about their loved ones, I usually will ask for their blessing. And, and if they do get that, you know, then, it, then you know, we proceed gently. Yeah. What's important to you? What, what do you want to know? What, what would you like the outcome to be of this? That's yeah. amazing. You know, that kind of mm-hmm. And honestly, applaud to you. Applaud. It's applaud. hard, though, because you, sometimes, you know, you, you're, you're also – um, like in one case, so one mother, she had a pretty bad nervous breakdown. I was on the phone yeah. for two hours, so that's a lot to absorb, yeah. and my heart goes out to you. But at the same time, this is this is what you're dealing with because in her case, um, the medical examiner was really fishy. The police was very inconsistent. It was like a whole list of things, and yeah. legal, there was legal stuff. So, you know, I'm I'm grateful to be in their lives when they're going through yeah. these tragedies. Yeah. But you know, it's I, my heart goes out for me. It's, it's it's hard because a lot of times they don't get the closure they want. Yeah. I know there's a case um, from mom's hometown, and she's been very kind of, you wanted to reach out to the family mm-hmm. and kind of ask, but I know that that mother is she very... Never was, she never came out to the public. I'm not even going to mention the name, yeah. but she never actually even spoke of her daughter for over 20 years. Oh, and, gone. and the the young man that murdered her daughter was only 14, and he was my brother's bully. So it was on Vancouver Island, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something like that where I feel like that mother needs so much care, the fact that she couldn't even speak her daughter's name for that many years. Yeah. And now I've seen her on some of the groups um, coming out to kind of like slowly talk about things, mm-hmm. and that's that's been her healing journey is that long of a time i can't even imagine i can't even bring myself there no and this is something that happened when you were what 15 or something like that so just imagine it's affected you and if she can't even exactly bring to talk you know talk about it um but i hope that you know people like that find healing in carrying on that's why we do this podcast Mm -hmm. is carrying on the person's memory and who they were because i feel like if you are a victim of murder your whole life is almost forgotten and this you're only remembered for your final moments or the way you were taken exactly which i mean we like to really tell the story of that person before they were a victim of murder and bring you know something to their memory yeah honor their memory exactly Alrighty, well, this has been amazing. Yeah, I've been, been so, so happy. Nice. Thank oh, you good. so much I'm for joining to us too. today. Yes. Well, Mark, I'll let you kind of tell everybody where they can find you. Easiest way to find Not me your house, is, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> no, I already been doxed. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, like easiest way to find me is Instagram, uh, Vancouver True Crime. Um, I'm, that's probably my main platform. Yep. So that's probably the easiest. And way. you guys will not be like, you guys will be way up to date with <laughs> everything. Uh, totally, yeah. And you will not regret following him. He has 
all the information. You know, you do such a great job. Oh, thank and you. thank you again for coming on today and having this chat with us. And being oh. our very first guest. Yes, oh, you've been our be very here. first Amazing. guest. We would love to have you back. Yeah, you have me anytime you like. Yeah, well. Excellent. Well, everybody, <laughs> that has this has been Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with my mother and Mark today. Have a good one, guys. guys. Bye. Bye.